A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We live in the best time ever for sleep. We have houses with windows and a door that we can shut. So we have security. We have the most comfortable beds that we've ever had in history. So there's no reason why we can't sleep. We choose not to sleep. The real prerequisite for sleep, the thing you must have, is a quiet mind. You can't fall asleep if your mind's racing. Hello and welcome to the Not Perfect Podcast. My name is Poppy Jamie, a recovering perfectionist and the founder of award-winning mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. Like the app, this show is about hitting pause and taking time to look after our mind and soul. In this series, I explore how we can make life better in 2020. How can we reduce stress, enjoy life, bounce back from setbacks, and get in flow? My guests will be sharing their expert advice, and I hope you join me on the journey. Our theme music is courtesy of Mindstream. Visit mindstream.com to learn more about how their music and environments help you sleep, relax, focus, and move or find their music on any streaming platform. Let's crack on with the show. So on today's show, I have Dr. Neil Stanley, a sleep expert for 35 years. He's the author of How to Sleep Well and published 38 peer-reviewed papers on sleep. I can't tell you how excited I am to dive into all things sleep-related with this world leader. Neil, thank you so much for joining me. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. And a funny story. My mum was actually the one that told me about Dr. Neil because she was completely in awe um, after watching an amazing seminar you did. Yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of my life uh, doing seminars uh, for healthcare professionals, but also for corporate clients. Um, and because I spend so much time lecturing, I've, I've got to enjoy it. 
So, yeah. I, you know, if I, you know, any any idiot can read slides. <laughs> uh, if you're going to read somebody's slides, you might as well just give them a handout and then go down the pub. Um, <laughs> so I, I've got to have fun, and if I have fun, then hopefully the audience. And, and you know, the thing with the message about sleep is that we know what to do. We just don't do it. So we, you've got to find a way of engaging people to make them want to personally sleep. And if you sleep yourself, then if you're in the healthcare environment, you're probably going to care about the sleep of the people that you see. So as I say, we, we intuitively know common sense tells you how to get a good night's sleep. We just don't do it. Why, actually, why do you think that is? Why don't we do what we know? Well, it's difficult. I mean, you know, it's taken a while for people to, to, to care about eating healthily. Mm-hmm. It's taken a long time to get the, 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 the exercise message. And I, I think the problem with sleep is it seems to be such a complex thing. If you can't sleep, it seems incredibly difficult. And yet sleep should be the easiest thing in the world. But we just have too many distractions. We have too many things that we do... You know, in the past, yeah. in 19, you know, it was in 1980 that we got overnight... Well, 1982, we got overnight TV. Late night shopping when I was growing up was 6 o'clock on a Thursday night. Wow. You know, TV went off at half 11. Pubs closed at 11. That was it. You went to bed. There was yeah. nothing that, you know, and now we've got, we've got yeah, Netflix, we've got mobile phones, we've got tablets, we've got plenty of reasons not to go to bed. What's interesting, I think it was the CEO of Netflix said the quote, when someone asked him, who's your biggest competitor? He replied, sleep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and this is why the gap in between the programs on Netflix and other streaming services is only seven seconds. You don't have the cognitive power to make the decision to switch it off it was reduced from 15 seconds but then they realized that people switched the tv off in those 15 seconds so they reduced it to seven seconds deliberately to sucker you in to the next program and that's the problem you sit down you think i'll watch one and six hours later you've watched them all and you haven't gone to bed if you're asleep you're not consuming mm. you're not watching the adverts Mm. that's all they want you to do they want you to watch the adverts because that's the way they make their money (laughs) okay so with the podcast we like to kick off with three uh, questions um what is your favorite quote in the moment i I mean it's always my my favorite quote about sleep is from actually uh 1609 an english playwright called thomas decker who at the time was vastly more famous than shakespeare and in one of his books he said for sleep is that golden chain that ties health and our bodies together And I don't think that we've ever had a better summation of what sleep is. You know, you you can, you know, Shakespeare described it as, you know, nature's balm and, you know, life's second course and that. And it's all a bit fancy, but just, (laughs) just, you know, the golden chain that ties health in our bodies. I just think that's it. That's really what it is. If you grasp that, then you've grasped the whole point of what I've been trying to say all my life, which is you need to get a better night's sleep. Um, what's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently? I think the thing that um, really that has been sort of prevalent in my life, um, I spend lots of times in, in, in hotels and that, and eat you know, rubbish food because of it. Mm. Uh, and I, I've, I've, I've realised that, well, probably with getting older, I'm 54 now, but with getting older, you realise that there's more to life than just running around like an idiot trying to work. Mm. And actually, you do need to do something that's fulfilling and something you enjoy. Now, I, I love my job. But yeah, it's, it's appreciating that this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is your one life you've got. You know, you can either work yourself to death or you can actually stop and enjoy it. That's very relevant to me. Thank you. <laughs> and how do you define happiness? 
I worked for 27 years in sleep research, which meant, you know, working hard, working weekends, working nights, pulling hard shifts, incredibly rewarding. Uh, and then about 12 years ago, I decided that the I, happiness, happiness might, it, for me, isn't a concept I recognize in, in the way contentment. Is mm. vastly more important. Happiness mm. is is laughing, a joke, being happy for a time. But contentment, that ability to go home and take your shoes off and put your your slippers on and sit in your favourite chair yeah. and, and 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 to be with the people you love and, and just not want any more than that. So everything else is a bonus. Uh, you know, so this morning I've been I've been doing a lecture in central London. Today I've worked for an hour. I've had a round of applause, and people have told me <laughs> that I'm brilliant. Which is, you know, most people don't ever get told they're brilliant doing their job. So for me, that's it. You, you're content by just being, doing what you love, and and having time to enjoy life. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, happiness is for me. My perversion is buying books. I, I I've got a collection of about two thousand sleep books. And really? I, I add I add to it on a daily basis. So uh, yeah, I've got the largest collection of uh, uh, Victorian sleep books, which is my real w- weakness. I spend a lot of money on Victorian sleep books. I've got the largest why? collection. In- why? Because that's our history. That's where yeah. you know the sleep advice that we give now is is no different than the sleep advice the Victorians were giving. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, the the first sleep self help book uh, that you'd recognise as a self help book was published in 1880. And if you just modified the language and put a fancy cover on it you could put it into waterstones tomorrow and nobody would nobody nobody would, everybody would look at it and go oh that's the latest thinking and it's not we, we this, is, this is you know what i what, what i said at the start we, we know what to do we just don't do it and then, uh, if I, somebody can tell me how to get people to, to pay attention and do what they're told my life would be a lot easier <laughs> Wow, that's so interesting. So, okay, let's go back to basics. I can't wait to dive into your brain. Why is sleep important? Well, sleep's important very simply because if it wasn't important, we wouldn't do it. Mm. I mean, we, 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 you know, we've had a million years of evolution and yet we still sleep. So if at some point in that million years it was you know obvious that you didn't have to sleep then we wouldn't have done it and so you know we live in a we live in an age of people say oh you can hack sleep you can get the benefit of eight hours sleep in four hours Mm. if you do this or that well if that was possible it would have happened Mm. because being unconscious for eight hours from an evolutionary point of view is a very stupid thing to do because we're vulnerable the fact that it hasn't changed that means that there is a fundamental reason. And sleep is as fundamental to our life as breathing mm. and as food and water. It, it's one of the four fundamentals of life. And sleep's important because it's the time that the brain actually gets to relax. Mm. Because the brain's working hard all the time. And it never gets relaxed. Whereas, you know, here, sitting here now talking to you, you know, my blood pressure's dropped, my heart rate's dropped, so I'm not using my major muscle group. So my body can repair, my body can rest. It's, it's fine. I can do those things. But your brain doesn't. And it's only during sleep that the brain can do its housekeeping. The brain can get rid of toxic byproducts that are built up as part of, you know, what it does. But, you know, just on a daily basis, you know, if you have a bad night's sleep tonight, 
Tomorrow, you're four times more likely to catch the common cold. Your immune system is boosted at night. Your, your metabolism is balanced. I mean, sleep's about what we call homeostasis. It's about balance. It's about putting everything back into order after you've you know, done 16 hours of the day. Mm. You need a bit of time to get everything settled for you to then be able to do it again the next day. And that's what sleep is. So we neglect sleep at our peril. And the problem is we willingly accept going through life sleepy. You know, you know, when I do my lectures, I say, you know, on a scale of one to ten, how sleepy you are. You know, one, if I'd stopped talking, you'd instantly fall asleep. <laughs> and ten, you're the most awake you've ever been. I never get tens. I never get nines. Mm. Maybe one or two eights. Most mm. people are six and sevens. Mm. Why go through life as a six or seven? Right. What, 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 you know, you're eating healthy. You're eating, you know, organically. You're going to the gym. You're doing all this. And yet you're still a six. <laughs> What, what, you know, and yet the one thing that can help you not be a six is the one thing that is free. Yeah. You have to do it anyway, whether you like it or not. So it doesn't really matter. But it's the thing that we, we neglect. And I, I, I don't understand. For me, going to bed is the greatest pleasure. You know, I look forward to going to bed. I look forward to the time. You know, I'm sitting at home going, can I go to bed? You know, is it a bit too early? Is 7 o'clock a bit too early to go to bed? <laughs> Probably. Uh, you're 54. <laughs> wait a bit. Um, but, you, you know, it, 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 to me, going to bed is a great thing. For mm. most people, it's like, oh, I have to go to bed now. I don't want to, but I suppose I should do. And that, how good do you feel after a good night's sleep? You feel amazing. There's nothing on earth that feels as good, legal or illegal. There's <laughs> nothing on earth that feels that good. True. And yet we don't do it. What? And I don't understand why. Oh, I, you know, I, I wish I could have a holiday. Well, you can have a holiday every <laughs> night for eight hours. You can relax, not have a care in the world, be comfortable, be happy, dream, fantasize. So what do you think is preventing? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that just say, oh, well, I can't get to sleep. Or, you know, what are the biggest problems you're seeing? The, the biggest problem this day, because if you think about it, we live in the best time ever for sleep. We have houses with windows and a door that we can shut. So we have security. We have the most comfortable beds that we've ever had in history. So there's no reason why we can't sleep. We choose not to sleep. The real prerequisite for sleep, the thing you must have, is a quiet mind. You can't fall asleep if your mind's racing. Um, and that's the bit. That's the bit we don't do. Most people are worried, stressed, anxious. They're ruminating. They're thinking things over. You know, we've got a culture, you know, companies, people in companies sending emails at mm. 11 o'clock at night. Uh, you know, we've, we've now got mobile phones. You know, when I was growing up, you had one television in the house. Yeah. So when when sleep experts said, "Oh, don't have a television in your bedroom," it was like people can afford a television mm. in their bedroom. Surely not. They're mm. rich people. Now we have all got a mobile phone. We've got a tablet. We've got a laptop. We've got 
all of this distractions. Uh, distractions and this is that's the unique thing about now we've always had distractions you read the literature from the 17th century they're playing cards that was the great thing people started playing cards then you had the tea houses and the coffee houses then you had the bawdy houses then you had the Vauxhall pleasure gardens people would go there mainly rich people they could go there theatres in the 18th century they didn't finish their plays until midnight mm. You know, shops in in the 16th century were open until 11 o'clock at night. Mm. You know, so so this idea that modernity, the the modern world, lows us. No, we've always had that. The diff- difference is everybody now has it. You know, when I when I you know when I was younger, you know, in the 80s and 90s, all young boys are you know wasting their life playing computer games. But it was only young boys who did it. You know, teenagers, so it didn't matter because they're going to grow out of it. They're going to get a girlfriend and grow out of it. <laughs> but now we've all got a phone. We've all, and we can then take that entertainment into the world. And the idea that f- for nothing you can phone a friend anywhere in the world yeah. on, on, on you know, social media or you can watch cat videos until you're blue <laughs> in the face. So, okay, you've got a stressed mind, you're tossing and turning. What actually can help you calm that mind? So you're preparing yourself for sleep. Very simply, whatever works for you. And there's no magic formula. Mm. Um, I read every night, regardless of what time I get into bed. I read. And if you if you would come into my bedroom, which isn't a proposal, but (laughs) if you if you were to come into my bedroom, you would see that there are books beside my bed Mm. that are specifically you know bed books because they don't have a huge amount of plot Mm. they have a slightly larger font so i can comfortably read without my glasses Mm. um and so i can fall asleep and next day go oh yeah okay i can pick up the story um but that's what i do Mm. but it doesn't mean that's what you should do it can be anything it's what works for you you've got to enjoy it whatever it is Mm. it's not meant to be a chore it's not meant to be difficult so drink chamomile tea do yoga, practice mindfulness, do those colouring in books that were in vogue a couple of years ago. Listen to Pink Floyd. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you're not doing all those other things like working or arguing with your partner or opening the gas bill or whatever. As long as you're not doing those things, then it doesn't really matter. Have a warm bath with your favourite bubbles, candles, a glass of wine, music playing gently in the background. We, we all know how to relax because you all yeah. go on holiday. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, people sleep so much better. I mean, the big question to ask yourself is, how do you sleep when you go on holiday? Because if you sleep well when you go on holiday, then there's nothing wrong with you. You've just forgotten how to do sleep and your home life isn't as relaxing and chilled as being on holiday. So you've got your life slightly wrong. So what are the four stages of sleep? So, and, and, and how do you break that down? How do you understand what's happening in the body and the brain during those stages? Okay, well, during the night, you're in two different states of being. You're either in non-rapid eye movement sleep or in rapid eye movement sleep. Now, they're as different as to each other as they are from awake, but you don't notice the difference because, of course, you're asleep. <laughs> um, non-rapid eye movement sleep is further divided into three stages, each of increasing depth. So stage one 
is about 1% to 5% of the night. And it's the transition from being awake to being asleep. So if you're awake and you're going to go to sleep, you'll go through stage 1 sleep whenever it happens. And stage 1 sleep is that sleep you get when you're sitting at your desk uh, on a wet Tuesday afternoon (laughs) and your your head starts nodding. Um, So that's stage 1 sleep. So it's a very light stage of sleep if I were to wake you up in stage 1 sleep you would actually not know that mm. you, you'd been asleep. Stage two sleep is 50% of the night. Now, you'd have thought the thing we spend 50% of the night doing would be very, very important. But <laughs> it doesn't seem to be. We, we really don't have a clue what it does, uh, which is strange. The next one is stage three, which is the deep restorative sleep, slow-wave sleep, uh, as people call it. So stage three is the only time where the brain can rest. So stage three sleep is the most important part of sleep. And stage three sleep is the bit of sleep that makes you think like you've had a good night's sleep. So it's Mm. the restful, recuperative part of sleep. Uh, And slower sleep is vital for four reasons. Memory, forgetting, learning and growth. So everything about today that you experience, you'll hold in your mind until tonight. And then in deep sleep, you'll go through each piece of information. Wow. And decide whether it's important, and if it is, you lay it down as a memory and you file it away, or whether it's unimportant. And if it's unimportant, you'll forget it. But it's an active process. You don't just forget things. Your brain makes the decision to forget things. So for the last two nights, I've been in two separate hotels. Now, of course, on the day, I needed to remember what bedroom I was in Mm. because I needed that number to get me breakfast. But... If you put a gun to my head now and said, <laughs> remember what hotel room you were in, the la- I would have no idea. Because if I remembered every hotel room number, yeah. ever, my brain would just be full of that. So my brain has obviously gone, hotel room, does he need to remember that anymore? No, bin it. <laughs> and you can forget it. So that's what's happening. It's an active process and you're deciding what to remember and what to forget. You learn during the night. So they did a study a few years ago with, with uh, college students on you know, these first-person shooter computer Mm. games where you navigate through a city and they got them to play the game before bed until they were as quick through the city as they could be the next morning they were 17 percent faster simply because you were asleep you rehearse those behaviors so you get better at them and slow sleep is the only time you physically grow uh, during your entire life you only ever grow in slow wave sleep um so it's important for children from that point of view. The second state of being is rapid eye movement sleep. Rapid eye movement sleep is when you have your long story-like dreams. Everybody dreams, everybody dreams four or five times a night, but you can only actually remember a dream if you wake up during it. If you don't wake up in your dream, it's gone and it's gone forever. Um, but when you are dreaming, your dream is real to you. It's real to your mind and body. It's as real as, as, as sitting here now is real. So if something occurs in your dream, you can have a physiological response to it. So you know you wake up and your heart's pounding yeah, it, and you're, you're, right. you're breathing heavily, you're sweating, you yeah. feel fear, anxiety. That's because in your dream something scary has happened. So what, do you believe in dream interpretation? I don't believe in somebody else interpreting your dreams right. because that's somebody else telling you what you're thinking. Right. Your dreams have meaning mm. if you work out the meaning because your dreams are you. Mm. They're your experiences, they're your memories, they're your fantasies, they're your imaginings. So your dreams are your fantasy. You know, it's like watching a movie. I've got a friend who will bore you rigid telling you how the original Star Wars was the most philosophically important film ever. <laughs> 
and I think it's a pile of rubbish. <laughs> Which one is true? Well, neither. He believes what he believes, I believe what I believe. Mm. He can't persuade me, and I can't persuade him. So somebody saying, if you're dreaming this, you know, there's no archetype. Mm. You know, just be, if you dream your, your teeth are falling out, you're going to die. No, if you dream your teeth are falling out you might be a dentist who's dreaming about all those new customers do you know what i mean so it's it, if the if the dream appears to be important to you it probably is but you need to work out what it's telling you they they are telling you something you just need to work out what it is i know some people get recommended to keep a dream diary so you kind of get yourself in the habit of writing down your dreams in the morning what do you think of that well i mean the problem with that is that you only remember about a third of about 25 percent of your dreams mm. so in the telling the dream becomes you solidify the dreams your dreams are vastly vastly more random than you can ever expect <laughs> right. if you can imagine you uh, went home now and you put the tv on and all your tv channels were playing on the same screen yeah. overlaid each other that's what your dream looks like now your brain is exquisitely designed to make sense out of nonsense you know we're <laughs> sitting here now you know we've got the visual signal we've got the auditory signal you know we're sitting we, we've got to take all of these signals in your yeah. brain's got to make sense of what's happening so your brain tries really hard to make sense of your dream actually when you're dreaming your brain activity can actually be higher wow. than the person sitting listening to this, just listening to this. Is your brain is actually more awake in a dream than you are awake usually, and so it's trying to make sense. So what your brain is doing is trying to create a narrative, trying to create a story that makes any sense at all. So dreams are very fragmentary. You know what it's like. You have a dream and you're in one place with yeah. some person. Then you're suddenly in a completely yeah. different situation with a completely different person. Yeah. And yet somehow it all makes sense. But then you wake up and then what you do is you try and then make another rationalization of the story. So right. you're overlaying. You think, well, that must have happened because yeah. the only way I can account for X and Y is if this bit happened. Now, that bit never happened, but you're just trying to make it sensible. So you don't, when you tell your partner about their dream, they don't look at you and go, you're an <laughs> idiot. What are you talking about? Uh, and so that's the thing. You know, you're, you're making the dream real by writing it down, but that's not the dream that you had. And how long should we be aiming to sleep for, in, for example, to ensure that we get to long way sleep and the most restorative aspects of our sleep? You're going to do, if you're going to sleep, you'll get the quality of sleep you need. The The, the thing about, uh, everybody knows that you should sleep for eight hours. The mm. problem is nobody's ever recommended that you should sleep for eight hours. It's a complete myth. Eight hours is an average. It's not an ideal. So sleep need is a bit like height. We're all different and it's genetically determined. So some people are genuinely genetically short sleepers. And so they get four hours sleep and they feel brilliant. Others need 11 hours sleep to feel at their best. I personally, after 38 years in sleep research, know I need nine and a half hours to feel at my best. And so wow. I will actively get that. The way you know how much sleep you need is very simple. And it's one question. How do you feel during the day? <laughs> If you feel awake, alert, focused during the day, you've had enough sleep. It's as simple as that. If you feel sleepy during the day, 
i.e. you could go to sleep, that's very different from feeling tired. Mm. Tired is, it's Thursday, I'm in London, I've got to go home on the commuter train, mm. I won't get a seat and I, I haven't had you know anything great to eat for lunch and I'll probably have a pasty on the train home tonight. <laughs> Life's just a bit, isn't it? That's tired. That's got nothing to do with sleep. And right. people might say, what's the difference between being tired and sleep? It's very simple. If you walk up three flights of stairs, when do you get to the top? Do you need a sit down or do you need a sleep? If you need a sit down, you're tired, fatigued, knackered, exhausted. If you need a sleep, you're sleepy. Mm. So if you genuinely are looking at the chair from across from you thinking I could curl up on that and go to sleep now, <laughs> you probably have a problem with sleeping and you probably need more sleep. But if you're thinking... Right, feel absolutely fine, top of my game, feel brilliant. Then you had enough sleep, it's as simple as that. There's no more, it's no more complex than that. Is this an old wives' tale, um, the owls before midnight? (laughs) (laughs) A wolf devil. It's it's certainly old. I've traced it back to the 15th century in France. Going back to talking about the sleep um, stages, the deep, slow-wave sleep, the stage three sleep, happens in the first third of the night. So you get most of the restorative benefit of sleep in the first third of the night. That's not saying you can get away with just having Mm. that, but it's saying that that's... So in the past, those hours were before midnight. So you got, you know, probably about 80% of the benefit of sleep in those first three hours. And then, you know, if you went back to bed after midnight, you then slept for another sort of six hours. And so that is in the lighter stage two or in the dreaming sleep. So it's not about midnight. Midnight was, of course, a key moment in our lives because midnight prayers the church mm-hmm. so you were woken up at midnight mm. and of course the only people who ever had clocks in those days were monks mm. so every, nobody else mattered it didn't so this was being written for monks so saying that you know you go to bed at nine uh, after the prayers at nine o'clock you get up at midnight you've had a good whack of sleep and then you get up at dawn for for uh, matins uh, and you, you don't have much more benefit from it wow that's so interesting so you get the same amount of kind of healing benefit from splitting up your sleep or do you recommend sleeping it, it, all it, in it, one the ideal is that you have a single consolidated mm. um night of sleep but if you're getting the sleep you need, however you do it, doesn't you know? There's you know there's there's the ideal, which is a consolidated period. And but if you're not going to do that, and you have a nap for two hours or siesta, if you're in the Mediterranean, well, doesn't really matter. It would be best, but I'd much prefer you to get Eight hours the, the sleep you need yeah. than to to in any way lose sleep because you can't just get it at the night. And that that that's the the key thing. So I know you've done um, research into. Um, air stewardess and travel aviation i travel a lot so this definitely is um a personal question as well as hopefully interesting <laughs> for the audience how kind of detrimental is jet lag and time zone changing and what have you seen well i mean the the, the thing with time zone changes i mean you know if you think uh, 150 years ago you never moved more than five miles from yeah. your home and you never moved more than five miles an hour mm-hmm. uh and that's it. I mean, that's what your body's designed for. We're not designed to get on tin tubes and fly across the other side of the world. So that does have a, a measurable effect on us because our bodies just have never 
evolved long enough to be able to to cope with that um with time zone changes it takes about a day to a day and a half to recuperate for each hour you've changed so if you fly from new york to london it will take you potentially up to 10 to 12 days to get back wow. now nobody ever allows themselves i mean people probably don't even allow themselves a day to uh, yeah. get back into swing but it will take um and we learned this the hard way we, we did a study way back in the 80s one of the very first studies and we came back from detroit having acclimatized to detroit time and we only had a seven hour a seven day recording period after we came back to the uk and we still hadn't acclimatized we had to impreet the entire study with a longer period because we thought you know people could acclimatize back so when you say acclimatize what would you be struggling with when well, you, pre in recovery time jet lag is just feeling of a, of a malaise you're not feeling at the top of the game when you should be i.e you don't feel awake in the daytime you don't want to eat at the times that you should be eating you have an upset stomach you have headaches you can't focus you can't work so you know it's like getting up in the middle of the night and trying to do a, a normal job it doesn't mm. work for you i i remember working with a a, a, a captain on 747s for one of the major airlines in the world and said you know how do you cope with jet lag after 20 years and he said uh, i don't Mm. He said, I work at 60% of my potential. Ah. He said, but my 60% is better than your 100%. <laughs> now, you either think you're very arrogant or you think, thank God. And every time I got on a plane, I'm not sure which one I feel like. Um, so the thing, you, the only thing you can do about jet lag is try and, if it's light when you get there, stay awake. If it's dark when you get there, go to bed. It's as simple as that. And eat eat regularly. Eat at the local time. You might not fancy breakfast at dinner time. <laughs> So just have a couple of chocolate biscuits. We have a food-related clock. So we respond mainly to light and dark, but we do have a food-related clock. So it's, it's key to, to use that. And if you're on a plane, if it's light outside, don't ever put the window blind down. Ah, uh, because well, of our Caucasian rhythm. Yeah, well, you don't, you don't, you, you know, if you fly to New York from Heathrow, you, you get up. You, you go to the the airport, you get on the plane at 10 o'clock. Mm. By the time they've served lunch, it's what, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, mm. and they put the blinds down. You don't usually do that. You don't go to bed between <laughs> 1 o'clock. And the only reason they put the blinds down on the aircraft, so the stewardesses are, can relax. So they don't have to keep bringing you gin and tonics. <laughs> There's no other reason for it. So, of course, when you get to New York, you've had two nights' worth of sleep, mm. And about four breakfasts. <laughs> and of course your body's going to be slightly confused by it all. Uh, is there anything you can buy over the counter that does help you sleep? Because I quite want to ask your questions on sleeping pills and natural sleep supplements. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, again, it's horses for courses. Uh, some things work for some people. So, uh, in terms of over-the-counter, you've got the uh, products that are based around antihistamines. Yeah. Uh, now, these are old antihistamines, 40, 50 years old, and they were noticed to cause daytime sedation. They made you feel sleepy during the day. So, they thought, well, that's a great idea. That might help you sleep. They don't really help you sleep. They probably relax you so you can sleep. Mm. The problem is that their uh, benefit 
probably only last for four or five days. So there's no point taking them long term. Mm. In terms of herbals and things like that, well, really the only one that's got any real scientific evidence behind, uh, well, there's two. There's there's passionflower, passiflora, uh, and there's valerian. Those are the only two that really have any scientific evidence now that doesn't mean passion flower passion flower passiflora is you beneficial. can get it at just random drugstores yeah <laughs> passion flower yeah. wow amazing um, what is that what is that supposed to do again they just calm you down, calm they, down. they work okay. they work on on gaba receptors which are the, the main alerting or, or, or sedating receptor so so definitely valerian has got some data passiflora has less most of the other things have no scientific melatonin. data. Melatonin is an interesting one. Um, melatonin in the UK is a controlled substance. It's, it's a prescription only yeah, for over so 55. Yeah. Uh, in America, it's an over-the-counter food yeah. aid. It's not re- registered by the FDA. It's not uh, supervised by the FDA um, in America. Now, the problem with that is, one, any melatonin product you buy in America, you have absolutely no idea what it's got in. Mm. if it's even got any active ingredient in at all. Mm. And two, there's no long-term safety data on melatonin. And this is why it was made prescription only in the UK, because the government said, if you make all these medicinal claims, then you're a medicine. And if you're a medicine, you need to register as a medicine. Right. And so people said, well, you know, you can't own melatonin as a brand, so we can't afford to register it as a medicine. You know, any individual company can't, so we're not going to do it. In America, the American law is different. The American law is basically you can buy anything you like as long as you're willing to be sued. <laughs> so uh, people say that melatonin is, you know, must be safe because you can buy it over the counter in America. Yeah, but you can buy handguns over the counter in America. It means the law is different. It doesn't mean that anybody has said it's safe. Basically, melatonin will affect all body clocks. So in women, it will affect things like menstrual cycle and that sort of thing. Um, So the people who use melatonin are stewardesses who have screwed up um, menstrual cycles anyway because they're flying backwards and forwards. Mm. So they don't actually notice. But, yeah, it will affect. So personally, I've never taken it and I never will take it and I will never recommend people take it just because we don't know. And I say you can't say... You know, product X from uh, you know from Walmart is has you know anything in. You can't say that because it's not controlled in any way. Are you fearful of people getting hooked on more serious sleep medication? Well, I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, somebody once asked me, um, you know, are there too many sleeping pills being prescribed? And I said, no, there's exactly the right amount, just completely the wrong people. Um, So there are some people who need sleeping tablets who don't get them. I had a, I had a, uh, an MS patient who was, you know, in, in, you know, in end stage MS and his doctor refused to give him sleeping tablets because he might get addicted. He's not. He's going to die within the year. So give him the drugs that he wants and that work for him. Don't be an idiot. Mm. But no, certainly people shouldn't be able to, you know, turn up at their, their, their doctors and say, oh, give me some sleeping tablets and get sleeping tablets. No, that shouldn't shouldn't ever happen. Yeah. There should be much more investigation. But, you know, people who, you know, have a medical need shouldn't be denied it. But no, they are, there are problems, But you know, with any drug. Does it freeze it deteriorate the brain or does it prevent you from like, no, actually having the restorative sleep? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, sleeping tablets don't give you normal sleep. 
they they just switch the switch the volume down for want of a better word they just stop you from waking up right so you get the sleep you can mm. uh because it's not being disturbed so the the thing with 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 addiction is you know because people want to sleep they of course want to keep taking the drug but by taking the drug perhaps means they're not doing anything for themselves to help them you know they're using it as a crutch mm. rather than resolving the problem and for a lot of people that's what's happened mm. rather than going to the root cause of the problem it's oh i can pop this pill and i'll be all right don't need to worry about it and so of course that self-perpetuates they're never going to deal with the problem that that you know is causing the issue interesting yeah uh so to finish this interview uh, i ask you to um finish the sentence i relax by reading the person I love most in the world is? My partner, Ella. The last dream I had was, if you remember. I wish I could tell you. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Best thing I bought recently was? An unknown uh, 1853 copy of an English book published in Stuttgart in Germany uh, that nobody has ever described existed before. Uh, and I found it in a German bookstore, and I'm very, very happy, even though nobody else cares. Uh, <laughs> made me happy. The first thought in the morning usually is? Uh, here we go again. <laughs> Before I go to sleep, I? Read religiously. Every time I always, always read, however late at night is. When I'm feeling unconfident, I usually? I usually stay in the kitchen at parties. Um... I actually am an incredibly shy person. If you knew me, you would know. Uh, that I'm nicer than I seem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dr. Neil, I can't thank you enough for this wonderful interview. It's been so interesting. And I know all the not perfect listeners are, um, would be saying the same thing. So, And um, in the show notes, you'll find links uh, to Dr. Neil's book and um, links to his website and are you on social media can anyone follow you yeah I'm on Twitter um, at DR Neil Stanley all is one word at Dr Neil Stanley I'm also on Facebook and the same and LinkedIn um, yeah but Twitter is where I mainly send out my random thoughts on life great so if you have any questions on sleep hit up Twitter thank you so much and see you next time thank you very much That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.